for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. You're with Hervoye Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. If last night was geopolitics night on the Hervoye Morich show, well, tonight is going to be freedom evening. We've got, uh, hopefully, Alejandro Chafuen uh, joining us, who's the director of the Acton Institute, uh, and James Kerwin, second hour, um, who's senior counsel at the Mountain States Legal Foundation to discuss what's happening in America when it comes to lawfare, tyranny, and all that fun stuff. And that seems to be the theme this week today. Jeffrey Tucker of Brownstone tweeted out yesterday, if you haven't noticed, there's a totalitarianism descending on America. And some of the people in the comments, uh, they chime in. Laura Powell says the totalitarianism is global. I think it's more notable here in the U.S. because more of us are resistors. If this country falls, there won't be anything standing in the way. And Jeffrey also, like uh, another comment that he made, he said, so much is collapsing so fast that it's not possible to keep up with everything. I write as fast as I can, and so do all my colleagues, but we can barely scratch the surface. This strategy of overwhelming people is called shock and awe. It was deployed during lockdowns with great effect that is what's going on um some canada news came out today which uh, made me laugh rising numbers of new immigrants hated here want to go home this is national post canada um says media in india is now broadcasting segments about how the canadian dream (laughs) It's a nightmare. Um, It says, as Canada maintains immigration at rates unseen in its history, an increasingly large share of these newcomers are finding that they hate it here, feel hoodwinked by the Canadian government, and want uh, to go home. Someone says, there's no living in this country. It's just surviving. A Mexican immigrant told them he no longer sees Canada as a developed country i realized that canada is a very poor country too it's just that everyone is in debt uh, speaking of mexico uh canada also just reinstituted visas for mexicans i guess that means i can't go to canada now just kidding i can use my us or croatian passports but <laughs> so they're, they're trying to slow that down uh also just wanted to mention this secret uh, this is counter signal breaking this news secret documents revealed trudeau government virologists had clandestine relationship with chinese agents so they're playing that whole wuhan lab thing again and for me um stories like these have gotten boring i mean in january of 2020 i interviewed francis boyle who said we talked all about this stuff and nothing ever happens and so Whatever, it's still kind of interesting. Documents authored by Canada's top intelligence service reveal the long-awaited explanation behind the abrupt departure of two virologists from Canada's top biolab. And so basically there's been some shenanigans between um, Canadian governments and and China. So you can check that news uh, and and more Mexico news. Um, I mean, you people complain about the election season in... US or wherever 
uh, look at what it's like to be a politician or, or aspiring politician in Mexico. Two candidates for mayor in the Mexican city of Maravatio have been gunned down within hours of each other, leading to concerns that someone wants to influence the June 2nd election here in Mexico. Experts have predicted that the widening control of drug cartels in Mexico could make the election especially violent. During the last nationwide election in 2021, about three dozen candidates were killed. So at 36 politicians were killed during the election, last election year in Mexico. That is pretty hardcore, pretty uh, hardcore. And um, still, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in America. I, 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 I don't think I mentioned this. This was from yesterday, how NBC aired this uh, white rural rage. Like, I mean, it's just really next level clown world stuff. They played a clip. Uh, they're interviewing the authors of this book calling basically white Americans racists, anti-immigrants, xenophobes, anti-gay. Um, so it's it's totally like that's something I feel like I would see on TV in the Soviet Union. And I'm watching it now in the United Soviet States of America. And then, you know, we talked about this earlier. You get the Blaze journalist Steve Baker being arrested for thought crimes, something you would also see in Soviet Union, not in America. You're not supposed to see that. Uh, so that's going on. And uh, Cocoa Panic Chocolate, world's largest chocolatier, plans nearly 20% workforce cut as prices hit record highs. Maybe that's why when I go to the supermarket these days and I, you know, look at the chocolate bars, they don't have much chocolate in them. They've got like soybean oils and all sorts of other chemicals and chocolate flavor, <laughs> artificial natural flavor. Um, uh, yeah, and, and there's also an interesting piece from Financial Times on uh, how the elites are fattening us up for the slaughter. Epidemic of obesity blights children as global rates soar. Obesity rates in adults have more than doubled in the past three decades and increased at least twice that pace for children and adolescents. According to new research, the alarming trend based on a study of more than 220 million people in almost 200 countries means more than 1 billion people are now defined as obese. I think uh, people need to learn about, you know, intermittent fasting, eating clean food, um, a little bit of exercise, uh, that sort of stuff. So that's uh, interesting. I we pro I don't think we've been here uh, historically uh, with this level of obesity and quantity of people. Uh, all right, do you have an upcoming community event, rally, march, festival, fundraiser that could do with some free publicity? TNT wants to promote it for you. You can just go to what's on events calendar on the TNT website and submit your event details and we'll get the word out helping you make a difference on today's News Talk TNT. Keeping the commitment 24-7. I've been in the car all day and I got to listen. Can't get enough of it. You guys are doing a great job. Today's News Talk Radio TNT. Billionaire Elon Musk is suing artificial intelligence titan OpenAI and its co-founders for an alleged breach of contract, arguing that the company has abandoned its mission to benefit humanity. Here with the story, joining me now, TNT News producer Adam Clark, aka Ruckus. Thanks, Rory. Um, for those who are uninitiated and didn't know and are wondering, what the heck does Elon Musk have to do with all of this? How is he suing them? Why? Well, he's one of the co-founders of OpenAI. 
yeah, he's got his uh, greedy little paws in a lot of things. Uh, but anyways, he has indeed sued the company uh, along with his fellow co-founders, associated businesses, and unidentified others. He's claiming that by chasing after profits, they are in violation of OpenAI's status as a nonprofit. Makes sense. Uh, and furthermore, uh, it's stepping away from its foundational con contractual agreements to, as you mentioned in the opener, develop AI, quote, for the benefit of humanity, end quote. So, yes, in case you didn't know, Elon Musk and a bunch of rich people got together to develop AI for the benefit of humanity. Interestingly, they did not involve any other members of humanity in this endeavor. Anyways, I digress. Uh, the suit alleges that OpenAI has become a, quote, closed source de facto subsidiary, end quote, of Microsoft. Ah, clever. Uh, they have, of course, invested $13 billion and they hold a 49% stake. Microsoft uses OpenAI tech to power generative AI tools such as Copilot. Copilot is something uh, that has popped up on my computer without me asking for it. Uh, so I'm already familiar with this Microsoft AI buddy thing. Uh, according to the, the lawsuit, uh, under OpenAI's current board, it is allegedly developing and refining an artificial general intelligence, AGI, quote, to maximize profits for Microsoft rather than for the benefits of humanity. This was a stark betrayal of the founding agreement, end quote. The suit defines AGI as, quote, a machine having intelligence for a wide variety of tasks like a human, end quote. Musk argues in the lawsuit that GPT-4, which is purportedly, quote, better at reasoning than average humans, end quote, is tantamount to AGI and is, quote, a de facto Microsoft proprietary algorithm, end quote. Musk has long expressed concerns over AGI. He claims the theoretical tech posits, quote, a grave threat to humanity, end quote, particularly, quote, in the hands of a closed for-profit company like Google, end quote. According to the filing, OpenAI CEO Sam Altman and fellow co-founder Greg Brockman persuaded Musk to help him help them start the nonprofit and to fund its early operations in a bid to counter Google's advancements in the AGI space with their product called DeepMind. He noted that their initial agreement called for OpenAI's tech to be quote-unquote freely available to the public. Musk claims to have donated $44 million to the nonprofit between 2016 and 2020. He stepped down uh, as an OpenAI board member in 2018. As uh, TechCrunch reports, Musk previously said he was offered a stake in OpenAI's for-profit subsidiary, but he rejected it due to a quote-unquote principled stand. Now, Engadget says that Musk, of course, has some skin in the game since the public debut of OpenAI's ChatGPT in November 2022, there's been a battle between tech giants to offer the best generative AI tools. And Musk joined that rat race when his AI company, XAI, rolled out a rival to ChatGPT called Grok. This is available to Premium Plus subscribers on his X social network. 
uh, Altman, apparently, when uh, according to Engadget, when Altman swiftly returned to power after OpenAI's board shockingly fired him in November, he's said to have appointed a new group of directors that is less technically minded and more business focused. Microsoft was appointed as a non-voting observer. The lawsuit alleges, quote, the new board consisted of members with more experience in profit-centric enterprises or politics than in AI ethics and governance, end quote. Uh, so yeah, uh, Harvori, I think you get the point here. What do you think about this one? The first thing that came to mind, you mentioned for the benefit of humanity, for the make benefit of humanity. I think that was from Borat or one of Sasha Cohen's films. But, um, you know, I think they're ultimately trying to build um, AI Skynet, you mentioned Grok. I think yesterday I read CJ Hopkins' uh, latest Substack. He's the American out and based in Germany, uh, facing jail for thought crime. Um, and he tested out, I think it was Grok or one of these AIs, and he asked it the, the system about himself. And it painted uh, a wrong picture, you know, making him to be out some crazy conspiracy theorist. And he asked for examples. And the AI chat thing could not cite any example of what it was accusing him of. Like this is so, you know, 1985 movie Brazil, uh, you just, the system is gonna come after you and they, they, just because it can, like there's no, there's no, um, well, you know, what's the, what do you call it? The fail safe here. And, you know, Musk does have a point. We have to worry about the 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 values right of the um system so i don't know it, no system like that will be perfect there's no way they can tell me that the system will look at things objectively they're just it's not possible what what are your thoughts on musk's actions here i'm very confused by them because nobody on uh, walking alive today or dead or in the future i don't care who you are or what you are can convince me that elon musk actually cares about benefiting humanity get out of here with that narrative um i also don't believe he's a free speech absolutist but anyways um so yeah i don't i, I question his motives I, I know he likes to run around scaring everybody with ai because that is a um, well, it's a marketing sales technique for his uh, solution to that alleged problem, i.e., his Neuralink. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't trust him. I smell a rat. I, I think maybe, maybe he wants a piece of the pie. I don't know. Maybe he wants to see his competitors destroyed, uh, and we see a lot of law lawfare taking place these days. So I don't know what he's really after here with this lawsuit. But maybe he's just trying to uh, save face and make himself look good. Because oh, look at Elon Musk standing up for humanity, taking the fight to the to the man. There, no, he's one of the he's one of them. He is the man. You know what I mean? So there's always that. It's almost like he's running for political office sometime in the future. You never know. Hey, don't give him any ideas. And, you know, I think it is important to point out that even among elites, globalist elites, that there are different, um, uh, how would you do a, a scale? So you might have one elite that is completely psycho and another that's a little bit less psycho. So we have to, we have to factor, you know, there, there's different grades of, of, um, elites. And so, and, you know, Amazing Polly made an interesting uh, comment on Twitter regarding um, Musk, where he was trying to explain how he wants to take over half the world's financial system, that he wants, you know, X to become like the bank for half the world. 
uh, and she was making the point like he couldn't really explain himself well and and you know my my thought was like, he can't even explain how this thing is going to work with the wechat x whatever and uh, i was just thinking darpa hasn't given him the full details yet because i i kind of think like you know there's there's got to be something behind musk's projects and he's just there like as the the salesman uh in, in many ways i don't know we'll see uh we'll catch up with you next hour ruckus we got dr alejandro chafuen joining us of the acton institute we'll be right back tnt's mark morano brain implants are you ready to have your thoughts read your mood altered it's not science fiction it's not some realm of the future it's here it's now and it's not spectacular in the case of emily the patients actually can record themselves and we're able to analyze it if i had crippling depression was suicidal i'm not going to turn down a treatment like this i'm not knocking someone for doing that what i'm saying is this is really on the edge of a brave new world especially given corporate government collusion the great reset goal of taking away freedom democracy private property one of the tenets of the great reset from the world economic forum is you will have no privacy and life will never be better mark morano on today's news talk tnt tnt is an independent global news talk station that does what others only say they do tnt is a live radio and tv broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24 hours a day seven days a week no one in the world does what we do crisscrossing the globe providing credible news and opinion all day and all night in two and a half years tnt has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff it's a critical time and we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda from mainstream media and their powerful sponsors we're now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to tntradio.live and make a small donation to tnt while we seek the right investors to continue our important mission the top of the hour we'll keep on top of the news it's the most important thing we can do on today's news talk tnt radio power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely great men are always almost a bad man even when they exercise influence and not uh, authority that comes from lord uh acton and, and joining with us uh, joining uh, us for the first time is dr alejandro Chafuen, who's managing director uh, of the Acton Institute. He's got a long bio. We'd be here all uh, hour. He's chairman of the Chase Foundation of Virginia, former president of the Philadelphia Society, member of the Mont Pelerin uh, Society since 1980. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Chafuen. It's a pleasure. You have read your Acton, I see. <laughs> yes, a little bit. And, you know, that's quite the quote. Uh, and, you know, um, I came across your work recently. And by the way, I was looking at the Acton website and I noticed um, a recent article published by Auguste Mayrat, uh, he was a guest of mine uh, on this program. So a uh, very small world, and I, I like freedom, so I thought we'd get you on. Um, and if you could just tell us a bit about the thrust of the work that you've been um, doing over the years. Well, uh, I was born in Argentina. Uh, it's a long story, but it was one of the richest countries in the world. And we got this infection called Peronism, sort of, you know, a fascist type of Argentinian style uh, fascism. 
and Argentina was going down the hill and but I felt in, I fell in love with with freedom and with some of the founders of Argentinian uh, the, what was called Argentinian miracle you know in the mid 19th century and uh, once I fell in love with freedom I decided to devote all my life to that and uh, I ended up working mostly in think tanks I was a university professor but you know ideas with our action are just ideas so you have to put them into practice. So I have been working with think tanks that promote the free society all my life. And now Acton is the leading organization in the world that promotes the free economy in the areas of morality uh, and religion. But again, it's a, it's a great adventure. And I think in each country, in the in all the countries face, you know, major challenges, you know, and I'm here at trying to fight for freedom. And you know that that would be my next um, question. I saw you recently retweet or retweeted this um, post from J. Michael Waller, uh, and I interviewed him a few weeks back. He's got a great book. Uh, he said it's all about turning America into a one-party state. So you know, we're it seems like we're seeing across the Western world tyranny rising and freedom receding. What what are your what's what's your assessment of the global situation? Well, very interesting. I'm 69 years old, you know, and so uh, when I was a late teenager, uh, it seemed that the communism was going to take over the world. And I think uh, Mike Waller was, I think, perhaps we are a similar age. So our fight was sort of different, you know, uh, when I was at the Catholic University of Argentina, we had a terrorist cell inside 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 the university and that uh, the, the big enemy was that unifying uh, philosophy of marxism you know and communism uh, i'm speaking right now you know in the early 70s and um, and uh, but now the challenge the challenge has 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 changed Never in my life, you know, as a promoter of the free economy and of capitalism, I would have thought, you know, that major companies were going to side with major state powers to promote one, only one view allowed, you know, and if you don't comply, uh, you are gone. You're going to be canceled. You're, you're a radical. So uh, the world has changed. And again, uh, you mentioned I just, or I, I have been traveling, I just ordered uh, the book by, by Waller, you know, which describes how the CIA and the FBI have moved in directions that basically are, are really frightening for those of us who work for, for the free society. So again, uh, everything has changed. You know, now it's not only it's not economics. You know, the battle it, it's basically also in the cultural arena, and also in the battle for of world world domination of people who don't believe in the rule of law and equality before uh, before the law. So it's uh, again. I also have heard some of your interviews, and I like your independence and how you approach the problems of today. Of today. Yeah, and even you know J. Michael Waller. This was the first time I experienced this. Uh, Amazon didn't let me leave him a book review. It's the first time they let sent me a message and they said uh, you are in trouble for. Did they had a list hate speech for leaving a review of a book? Uh, and then 
they eventually let me submit a second time, but then they sent me a warning that if I continue to write bad book reviews or the way that they don't like, I'll be banned from Amazon or from using the, the review feature. It's like absolutely, it's exactly what you just said, how companies are now lining up with one ideology. Um, we're going to jump real quick to our headlines. We'll be right back. All right, let's get this underway. For our first order of business, TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Elon Musk has initiated legal action against OpenAI and its co-founders, Sam Altman and Gregory Brockman, accusing them of deviating from the company's original nonprofit humanitarian mission towards a profit-driven approach. Alexander Bordnikov, the head of Russia's Federal Security Service, has stated that the CIA operates many bases in Ukraine. Corroborating a New York Times report detailing extensive cooperation between American and Ukrainian intelligence services over a decade. Why not give TNT Radio a follow? We're on all major social platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time right here on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. TNT Radio. Again, we're talking to Dr. Alejandro Chafuen, Managing Director of the Acton Institute. That's acton.org. Uh, and you can follow on Twitter X, uh, the, the link Chafuen, C-H-A-F-U-E-N. Um, and the, what we're seeing now is, as you pointed out, in the 20th century, it was um, labeled clearly, you know, communism or fascism. I had a guest on last night, Brandon Weikarts, who he says... It's the isms of the 20th century which have congealed like into one where we get globalism. How would you describe the 21st, this 21st century wave of um, totalitarianism? One interesting, very uh, profound, profound question. Again, because it's not the old fashioned communism. It, 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 it's gone, you know, because communism is the ownerships of the means of production in terms of the state, you know, and that used to include labor, but you were not free to move. Uh, also, there are restrictions to the movement uh, of people still, you know, but in China and communist China and even Cuba allows some people to leave and much less uh, restrictions. So right now, you know, it's uh, I'm see first uh, people don't realize the enormous size of the of the state. You know, I'm, uh, many people uh, speak about this as the era of ne neoliberalism. You know, of free market dominance. You know, uh, the taxes in relation to GDP today in the OECD. You know, the the, the largest countries in the world. They are the, at the highest level ever. It's like 36%, more or less, of the gross national product uh, of the country. That doesn't count the weight uh, of regulations, you know, and, uh, and that enormous state machine, uh, almost in alliance with, with, with corporations, in alliance with uh, international agencies, you know, where uh, countries like China play an important role, ha, ha, it puts us in a completely different world uh, that we faced uh, last century. So um, the, I don't know if anyone has 
has come with the word. You know, I'm, I believe in the importance of, uh, of, of global, of, of globalist, not globalization, but I believe in the importance of a global world and world united by, by human rights, by the freedom to trade, by the freedom to exchange, by respecting human rights, uh, everywhere. But not if there is only one power that decides, you know, what is a right and what is, what is not a right. And I fear that with this enormous power of the state, uh, plus the corporations <laughs> who live uh, working in collusion uh, with the state, we are facing a formidable uh, enemy. Uh, I see that some of the few, uh, how you say, barriers that this monolithic view has uh, is coming from from national state and national movements. You know, let me be clear. I was born in a country, Argentina. I lived 30 years there where a brand of nationalism destroyed destroyed the country. It's a weird view of nationalism that regards what is abroad as bad, exports are good, imports are bad. And I come from, I have all type of European bloods and 5% of indigenous blood. So for me to be a diehard nationalist is very difficult. But I learned to respect people who value what is close to them and what allow their families to prosper. You know, and this, and, and, and I see that in, it's in some of these countries, you know, uh, or, or movements that are the only ones that are saying no to this world dominated by the World Economic Forum, the international agencies, you know, uh, in in battle or sometimes in collusion with what I see as an axis, new axis of evil, you know, the communist Chinese, the Chinese Communist Party, Russia, uh, uh, radical Islam, you know, and and people who uh, they think that if we play uh, by the rule of law, by equality before the law, we are we are just fools. They are going to beat us all the time. So again. It is much messier uh, than what it was when I entered the battle of ideas. I still honestly prefer this world, uh, to tell you the truth, because, um, again, you could not believe what it was when I was a late teenager. I fell in love with freedom. I would walk in the bookstores in the streets of Argentina buying, trying, can you tell me where I can find classical liberal books, you know, books about the founding fathers of free society books? And this is actually completely true. And the, the booksellers will tell me, uh, oh, you have to go in the paleontology place. You know, it's like the dinosaurs. You're gone. The world is going to be socialism. It's going to be communism. But now it's much trickier. My world of free market and conservatives and liberal is very divided. You know, parts are totally subservient to corporate power. And other ones, you know, want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because they don't like the results they are seeing in today's world. They think that it's the free market world. When I told you it's ridiculous, you know, when the government is like 45% of the economy. And, uh, and for me, that's very destructive, you know, because while the enemy is totally focused on strategy games and seeing how they will gain and capture corporations, agencies, and countries, 
part of the free society camp uh, is fighting with each other. Yeah, we're, we're, we're seeing that. And, you know, there's a guest I've had on in the past, like, uh, as well, greatly esteemed Gregory Copley of the Strategic Studies um, Institute and, and his latest strategic policy document. He also says exactly what, what you're talking about, that we're seeing these forces of, of the globalism. And he also says national movements. And he says they are providing to be one of proving to be one of the obstacles to this. And uh, a lot is happening in Argentina. Uh, it's it's changing greatly once again. Uh, and, you know, if you could, could you shed a bit uh, of light for us on Millet, uh, on what's ha happening in Argentina? For sure. Listen, uh, I still cannot believe what I'm listening and what I'm seeing. Uh, for me, it's, it's, it's almost like, like, like a miracle uh, because the ideas of Javier Millet in uh, have been the ideas that I have defended all my life. The people that he mentions as mentors are people that I studied with and collaborated with, you know, so it's, uh, but again, the challenges are immense. I have been telling uh, many of my friends that each of these people, you know, I'm including uh, from Trump to Orban to Abascal to Bolsonaro, they're all uh, very different. They have their weaknesses. They have their strengths. Uh, they all uh, uh, focus on the discontent uh, uh, of large segments of the populations that they believe and convince that the game is rigged and they are the deplorables. They're out, out of this game. Now, Millet, uh, I started collaborating with a, a close friend who then became foreign minister of, of Millet, a, a great, great professor, talented professional by the name of Diana Mondino. But thinking that <laughs> Millet was going to get 15%, you know, he could work as a balance uh, between the, the evil forces, you know, like uh, the establishment from the Peronism and the, the center left or the centrist. Uh, but when he when he won, my gosh, uh, it, it has been amazing because he has no people, no party, and no money. Um, I say he has like not only he has more than eighty percent of the Congress in other parties. He's working in, against eighty eight decades, eighty years of dominance of one view, this interventionist view. Uh, that has dominated economics and unfortunately Argentina during all, most of uh, most of that period. Uh, so it is uh, it is an interesting thing to see. Today he was speaking is giving the State of the Union just before your program. I was able to hear uh, twenty five minutes uh, of his presentation, and I think it was the best presentation ever so far. I heard him again in Davos. I heard him at CPAC and I even translated his year end message. Um, but basically he, uh, again, he's, he's different with other nationalists. He's not a nationalist at all. He's for free trade and the, and the free economy. But again, he, you know, he sides, suppose, with geopolitically with Israel and the, and the United States. Uh, he, uh, uh, you know, he said he's going to move, you know, the embassy to of Argentina to to Jerusalem. Uh, but again, he confronts the whole lobby of the environmental lobby. 
he com uh, he confronts the gender imperialism lobby he banned government from uh, uh, imposing uh, this new language you know that they want to impose uh, in most parts of the world he is uh, completely pr uh, pro life uh, so he is uh, I think if he's victorious, you know, we're already seeing in other countries uh, people changing the rules and banning, you know, this uh, gender imperialism. Uh, so it's uh, I, I'm calling it is like the the Millet effect, you know. So uh, so again. I, it's hard for me to describe how how I feel. I, I'm close to many of his ministers. Uh, I had never met Milei. He befriended me on Facebook in, ten years ago, uh, and I will do all I can to so that he's successful. Most of Latin America is in hands of what you before it was called the Foro de Sao Paulo. It's, it's sort of a new uh, engineered communism. Now it's called the Foro uh, of Puebla. Uh, and if they would have had, they already have Brazil, they have Mexico, that's again two-thirds of Latin America for your audience. If you are, you know, uh, Venezuela, uh, Colombia, uh, Chile, and Argentina, uh, the, the, this corrupt narco cartels, the, the alliance of China, Russia, radical Islam would have had a free ride to confront the, the the forces of freedom that still remain in the world. Yeah, and when you mentioned narco, you know, one of the stories I was mentioning um, here in Mexico, because you know, I'm down here in Mexico, I, I'm a Mexi naturalized Mexican, um, two in, in, in one city in in Mexico state, uh, two mayor, two candidates for mayor were gunned down and killed. Um, and you know, in 2021 election year, 36 Mexican politicians were killed. I mean, that's the level of the insanity that we're dealing with. It's uh, and, and by the way, I, I had on not too long ago a young Argentinian man by the name of Agustin Beldi, uh, who was involved on the local level in campaigning for Millet, and so that was very interesting. We're going to jump real quick to our break again. The website's Acton.org uh, and the personal. Uh, website of our guest is, um, where is it now? Chuffwin.com. We'll be right back. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Well, the gals of The View were at it again, this time defending the Biden family dog commander after it was revealed that the dog had been viciously attacking Secret Service agents for a long time. His name is Commander. The report found that there were at least this is a lot. This is a lot. 24 <laughs> incidents of him biting folks. <laughs> well, it makes you wonder, what did he see that nobody else saw? Yeah, right? Really, Whoopi? Well, she wasn't finished. And she wasn't the only one on the view panel to make a fool of herself. All you gotta do is look at him. Look, look at, at him. Can you show that picture again? Look at his He's like, that's boy. right. Yeah. I'm walking. Listen I'm walking here. Him. I'm walking here. Yeah. Woo -woo. Listen to his name, Commander. That's He's in right. charge. He's I'm a, a guard. bite giant. He's a guard dog. <laughs> right. you know, that's, that's why Ooh, it's, right. I, I think people don't understand. You know, a lot of people just don't understand. Some things when it comes to dogs, it's just innate. It's part of their nature. Leave it to Sonny. Are you kidding us? Are you really kidding us? 
It's their nature? Whose dog goes around attacking people? Yours? Mine? Unbelievable. And if this had been Donald Trump as president and his family dog attacked Secret Service agents, harming them, hurting them, causing them to get stitches, and you know what? They'd be saying Donald Trump should lose his Secret Service protection. What a joke. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. While serving in Afghanistan, I was hit by sniper fire. The fighting was so intense, the medevac chopper was barely able to land. In the hospital, I was given a 5% chance to live. It's a good thing math wasn't my best subject. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I talk to kids about dealing with life's struggles. I tell them, with a little help and a lot of work that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. I know that some struggles are big and some are small, but they're all struggles and you have to learn to get through them. With support from DAV, more veterans like me can live their best life. And as a new father, I have one more reason to keep on keeping on. My victory is being there for the next generation. Adam Alexander, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're with Hervoye Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's our final segment here with Dr. Alejandro Chafuen, Managing Director of um, the Acton Institute, acton.org. And you mentioned uh mexico and things are just are, aren't going well here and you know i briefly mentioned the narco situation but um even politically uh i saw you also retweeted um eduardo verastegui who's a candidate for for president and i'm looking at all the other candidates and i i don't see anything good and the only guy i'd like would be um eduardo and and even people are shocked when i describe how the wokeism this gender ideology is coming in even to Mexico. I go to the local supermarket, the Walmart here in Mexico, they're selling for children uh, Mickey Mouse puzzles with the LGBT flag and the description specifically talking about the ideology. This is for children. And then uh, there's a story today I forgot to mention, Mexican politician convicted of gendered violence after calling trans lawmaker a man. So you had former Mexican Congressman Rodrigo Cortez convicted of gender violence. Um, he, he's been ordered to apologize every day for 30 days. And then a second now Mexican politician has been convicted of gender violence after calling a trans lawmaker a man. This time it's a woman. Deputy Teresa Castell also has been ordered to. And so, you know, it's we're talking about Millet, so things seem to be turning around there, but you've got, um, you know, in, in Chile, uh, I'm also a Croatian, so you have Boric, right, the president, my last name, Moric, and Boric, I've heard him talk about um, taking, getting rid of guns, wanting to change the constitution, so we have here the situation in Mexico, you know, any any further thoughts, and Bukele, and El Salvador as well, He's, he seems to be turning things around, uh, any further thoughts on, um, you know, the, the rest of Latin America? Oh, yeah. Well, especially Mexico, you know, because it's the most important country for us in the United States. And I think what is good for Mexico is good for us in the United States. And again, I'm a, I'm Italian Croatian from my mother's side, you know, so one of my many, my many bloods. Um, I had the privilege of meeting Eduardo Verastegui like a, more than a year and a half ago, where I didn't have the guts 
to watch all his incredible movies, Sound of Freedom, because I have young granddaughters, you know, and sure enough, uh, when I was asleep, Mel Gibson came to give support. And then it has been like, really like a miracle. And I was spent quality time with Eduardo and the Argentinian inauguration. And every question I asked him, he was, he was just solid, especially in the topic. And when you're speaking about this monolithic ideology and the work ideology, I'm an economist. I can go anywhere in the world, any university and speak about tariffs, uh, money printing, taxes. I can say whatever I want, nothing happens. I speak the truth about man and woman. I say that there is human life of the human species in the womb, scientific truth. Then suddenly I become uh, canceled. But Eduardo Berastegui showed me how, you know, the, the, the main options in Mexico seems, you know, uh, just varieties of those who want to take us happy and civilized to the slaughterhouse. You know, the, the Bush Romney, the Rajoy's in Spain. We have to be civilized, you know, with different degrees of complicity. Even, I'm sorry to say, even Macri in, in Argentina and many of my allies, you know, so. This cultural battle is essential. So I'm so pleased, you know, that Millet is fighting. And in your country, where you're now living, you know, we spoke about one problem, the narco, you know, cartels. But you have the crony capitalists. You know, I'm going to make mention names. People like Ricardo Salinas Pliego, who appears to be fighting the state, he gets almost a billion-dollar no-bid contract uh, with, from AMLO. And then they fight because he doesn't pay the taxes and AMLO shows, oh, I'm fighting the capitalists and he's fighting the state. You know, it's like the perfect dictatorship. It's all a game, you know. And uh, so, <laughs> and again, in Latin America, I think uh, economics, it's key. Uh, and again, you mentioned J. Michael Waller. Perhaps I know you ever had uh, Joseph Humeyer, um the destabilization in Chile did not come from the economic side. We have the best numbers in the world in Chile of reducing poverty, of economic growth. But uh, but our side, my side for freedom, we don't work in strategy. We don't work planning how we can capture governments, agencies, corporations, you know. And I realized, you know, after the 2020 elections and the fall of Chile, you know, uh, you know, I think it was Lenny said, I don't care what is discussed, you know, as, as long as I write the minutes, you know, uh, who cares what happens in life if the ones who count the votes, you know, are already bought and they already have, you know, <laughs> USB drives, you know, that will change or economics things that will change the, the, the equation. So, so again, it, it, it's a dangerous world, you know, but I, I, I'm, I'm a passionate, you know, that we can win this battle. Uh, each of us, each, every person who's listening to your program, I love your independence. And uh, and basically, I, I know that there are many people that you invite. There are new voices. And this this new media is, is allowing us to bypass, you know, the monopoly of so-called uh, legacy media. So, uh, look, I work in, in most of Latin America. Uh, right now, you know, Brazil is also a tremendous problem because, you know, the, the Supreme Court there is working almost like a, like, like a dictatorship. People are, are, are terrified about what's, what's going on. But again, I think we have to wage the battle in, uh, in each of those uh, territories, you know, and, 
using as best as we can the new technologies, you know, and like you are doing, and um, and then ho hope for the best. <laughs> We, we need some of that optimism every day when we're looking at this stuff it looks dark so thank you for that optimism we got about three and a half minutes left um you know any other thoughts that are important for you um the economy uh people are talking about a huge economic crash that seems to be around the corner you know any other thoughts that are important for you well uh, let's see uh, in general um things happen in life for four factors you know is ideas incentives leadership and then some some providence uh, or luck and we have to realize that we have to work in, in all in in all those areas um goes if like in argentina uh, believe it or not i honestly believe that the the destabilizing factor the disruptive factor was this personal talents of belay he saw this how he this theatrical figure allowed him to capture great part of the of the population especially the young very different than in many other countries you know that is the is within the young that he has most vote um but so just because the style you know i honestly i could not support Millet beforehand because he had insulted some of my best friends using worse words than president trump has used to describing others but i know how hillary clinton called me well we're part of the deplorables you know so uh, what i'm trying so uh just just because the forms are not tidy uh, i suppose bolsonaro was another sort of you know he he's not a very well-trained intellectual or a policy leader but uh remember that in a way we are in a sort of war against a tremendously powerful enemy that has captured corporations that has captured international agencies uh, and uh, and they create incentives that are tremendously powerful i see them daily in part of the Millet team how the uh, the world powers are trying to sh take him away from the agenda that he wanted to push the same with same with bolsonaro you know the so you know i i have worked with the person who was his minister of the environment i knew him since he was 21 and you could see the influence of everyone trying to say no no uh we have this we have to destroy them he has to comply with the world agenda on this climate change you know apocalyptic view so so basically i think Perhaps that can be my uh, my departing sh my parting shot. <laughs> All right, yeah, we're we're out of time, and uh, thank you for joining us on TNT, Doctor Troffman. If you want to tell us again uh, any projects you want uh, us to know about, or where uh, best websites. Well, if, if, regarding my organization, we have a conference that is regarded as one of the best in the world for the free society. When we had rankings, it's called. Uh, Acton University is four days. It takes place from June 24 to June 27. Almost a thousand people from 80 countries come. It's the best social science guided by the best principles and uh, encourage people to go to acton.org and look at the university and perhaps, you know, register for that for that event. A lot of good stuff there. Who knows? Maybe I end up there one of these years. Thank you for being on TNT.